The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, we're taking our second look at uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, last week we had the Beatitudes and, uh, and Jesus' uh, introduction to, to his quite lengthy sermon, lengthier than your pastor's sermons, I have to say. It's, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have too many recorded in the gospel, of course, you know, and I've got to come here Sunday after Sunday and do it. It's, I think I could refine it a little bit better for you by this point, but... Um, yeah, no, he's, uh, you know, Jesus is, is digging in. He's, he's presented as Matthew, in Matthew as, as the new Moses, and this is a, a key section of, of his teaching. One of the, one of the main building blocks of, of Matthew's gospel is the chapters 5 through 7, uh, which, which uh, are themselves the, the Sermon on the Mount. And there are any number of points to say it, it, that Jesus wants to get across in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, but it's, it's, it's crucial, I think, to keep in mind the idea that Jesus is there to revitalize Israel or renew Israel, uh, to renew Israel for God's purposes. And precisely because Jesus is there to enact the purposes of God as the new Israel himself, that then presents a challenge to the Israel of his day, right? It's like, we're, is, we're, we're doing the Israel thing already, are we not? No, this is, this is what the Israel thing looks like in the flesh. It's Jesus of Nazareth. And then, it's, and then you rec, you know, we recognize that the challenge of, to the people of his day, the people trying to live out in some form or fashion an, an Israel-styled life, uh, and then um, the, the, the challenge where they go astray, but also the, the great comfort and um, certainly reassurance of his presence to the people that he's gathered to himself to live that new Israel life through and with and in him. Yeah, so uh, you see then, um, let's, you know, I want to get to some, some parts of the climax of the, of the Sermon on the Mount. We'll, we'll see something to the effect of love your enemies, Right. This is why. Why would I say this is the climax of the Sermon on the Mount? It's because um, love. Love has to do all the things that love can do. Right. Is, is for Israel to be Israel, they have to live according to the path of self-giving love that Jesus incarnates, that He makes flesh. And uh, and in order to see that in in most uh, in its most radiant display. It has to do the toughest things that it can do, right? It's like you, you, never, you never see um, elite athletes do, uh, uh, say, perform on top of their game until they're in the crunch, right? And, and of course, 
They fail probably just as many times as they succeed, but when they succeed, it's spectacular, right? This is, this is love do, doing the, the, the high things uh, that, that love can do. We, we see it in a crunch, right? So we see what love can do when we're confronted by our enemies. Right? We see that we see perhaps better to say, we see what God can do, the God of love can do when, when we have to come face to face with our enemies and love them and recognize that it's, you know, only by our trusting and following Jesus that we're able to, to, to give that, you know, that, that there's any hope in that situation at all. Now, so anyway, winding you up for the end already, right? There's enough, there's enough in front of us, you know, salt, salt and light. And, uh, and certainly I think, you know, first pass at salt and light imagery would lead us to say something like, you know, we have to be wound up on God's saving and shining purposes, right? Uh, salt preserves. We know that, and they knew that as well. And Jesus knew that. He, and, he, and he says it uh, very, much, very much the same. It, it preserves it also seasons, you know, it gives, gives zest to whatever it is, brings out the flavor of the particular thing that it, that it, that it gives itself to, right? And, and Jesus, of course, he, you know, he, he's leaning on this in, uh, you know, at the beginning of, of the Sermon on the Mount here. Um, there's, much, there's much more to salt than that, uh, especially if we look at uh, the, the Hebrew Scriptures, if we look at the Old Testament, we see there, even, uh, you'll, you'll see uh, from, um, uh, from time to time referred to as salt covenant, a salt covenant or salt covenants. Okay, so two, two things on that. One, a salt covenant seems to have, seems to be a covenant between God and man, God and his people uh, that endures, that has enduring significance. Yeah, and, and salt has that kind of endurance about it. I, I say that with, with trepidation because I think I saw this um, like 2,000-year-old Himalayan salt that expires in like, you know, June of 2023. It's like, I don't, I'm not really under, I don't understand really how that is, but the, I mean, the FDA is pretty serious, so we'll just leave it to them to understand that. Is there really an expiration date? I'm not, I'm not sure, but if it, if it was in my kitchen, it would go bad. I, I, know, I know that, so... Anyway, okay, so salt, salt, and yeah, I know, salt endures, salt endures, and salt covenants are covenants that endure, and of course, a covenant is, you know, God, to begin with, God's pledge of himself to the other, to the covenanting party, but the endurance of a covenant then, right, depends on the person to whom God is covenanting himself. We also see in the, in the, uh, in the Old Testament that uh, offerings were meant to be offered with salt, right? So the sacrifices are meant to be offered with salt. Hey, look, if it's new to you, it's new to me as well, okay? It's, I had to do a deep dive on salt this weekend. I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting it, but it came up in the gospel. Figured I'd read some articles, you know? Um, but the offerings had to be offered with salt. So, the, so here we can see that an aspect of what Jesus is talking about is likely... Israel's relationship with God and their, their covenant standing with God. Again, if Jesus is there to renew Israel as a people, he's there to renew the covenant. Yeah, he's there to renew the covenant with God and then have them live out their lives as covenanted people in the world. And we, we know already in, in the Gospel of Matthew, it's, it's to go out to the world. But it begins here. 
with Israel. And I say, I can say Israel as many times, right, as, as I like, but where does it catch on? For us, it catches on in the sense that we are God's renewed Israel. We're his new Israel, right? If Jesus is Israel in the flesh, then the, then the people, right, God's uh, chosen people is now the people gathered around Jesus as the new Israel, living for his saving and shining purposes, yeah, living in, that re- in, in a renewed covenant with him so as to, to live out his purposes in the world. Okay, I- interestingly enough, if we were to take salt as a sign of, of the covenant and the offerings that, uh, that his priestly people were meant to make, then we would say when Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth, what does it mean? It means that you are to make the entire world an offering to God. And this is, and this is right in line with our uh, theology of the common priesthood or the priesthood of the baptized. Precisely because you're baptized, you are a priest. Yeah, you are a priest. What are priests? Priests are, priests are those who offer sacrifice to God on behalf of the people, right? So you, we, we live out our common priesthood. I live that with you as a, as a member of the baptized, right? It's, we, we have to make an offering of, of everything that God entrusts to our care. And if we're the salt of the earth, then we're to make the entire world an offering to God. How do you do that? I, that's a, another sermon. Yeah, I know. The, don't get me started. This is another sermon. Yeah, no, look, we have to make an offering of our hearts and our lives to God. I think we know what, how to do that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, we could say it's worship, it's praise, it's prayer. It's, it's, it's my saying, okay, Lord, I'm giving, I, I would turn over to you for your purposes everything that you have given to me. Yeah, you just want to make that prayer? You can. This is living out the common priesthood of the baptized. Yeah, so salt. And then light, of course, light ra- radiating into, into God's darkened world. Yeah, darkened by the rule of sin and death. But, but now radiating, if, if, we're, if we're close to Christ Jesus, radiating in him and through him, but radiating now in us and through us as his renewed Israel, as his chosen people into his darkened world. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know what... Light, of course, takes on, takes on many functions. I don't necessarily need to get, in, get into that because I think that what, what he offers is, is significant enough to say, you know, live out as God's people you know, who he intends you to be. And as you live that out, and we say works, right? But works are really just the kind of... Um, uh, incarnation, right? The, the taking flesh reality of the fact that we are God's people and his beloved children and living as his <laughs> beloved children in the world. People will see, you know, what we're about and, and what we're doing and the rest, and they will, and they will give glory to God. As they will see God shining in us and shining through us because they will come, because they will come to know uh, God's own life of love as it takes flesh in us. Yeah, okay, so let me, let me move on, yeah? Okay, salt, salt and light, salt and light. Jesus' question, I think, still um, rings true today, right? He says, if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, actually. This is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not... It, 
it's a rhetorical question, of course, but um, it, but it, but it rings true to today. And the parallel that he gives in the realm of light, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. Okay, so what is the reality? The reality is, by the call of Christ, you are salt and light. By his call. Not by any goodness of your own. Yeah, not by the resume that you put in front of him in order to be considered as a member of his holy people. No, that is not it. It's by his saving action, by his call. So he has made, well, he's made me salty. You know, it's like, he's made you salty. This is, no, he's made you, right, to be salt. And he's made you to be, he's, he has lit your light, right? He, he has made you to be light. And he didn't do that for no purpose. He did it to achieve his purposes. Yeah? I'm reminded of this now. I guess this is maybe my confessors, because they're different, but they, they pick up on it. Uh, maybe they're listening to my preaching, right? As soon, as soon as I have my confession, I say, remember, God chose, Jesus chose you. You didn't, it wasn't you who chose him but he who chose you, right? Because in part, because I think, uh, of course, when I'm in confession, I'm, I'm confronted is to put it lightly, more like, you know, slapped in the face with my own inadequacy, right? And my own sinfulness, right? You know, the Midas touch, everything he touches turns to gold. It's the opposite for me, you know? It's like, <laughs> what is going on here, right? My life is falling apart, you know? And, and, and I need the reminder I also need the grace, but I need the reminder of the priest to say, this isn't about you to begin with. Jesus knew, and he chose you. Now live to the promise. Live to the call. Right? So Jesus chose you. We have a line that we like to throw around in, in seminary. It's, um, Jesus didn't uh, call the equipped. He, he equips the called. Right? Again, it's not our brilliance, it's not our genius, it's not, it's not our strength, it's not our power and the rest. No, it's his call that matters. And he's called you to be the salt of the earth. He's called you to be light for the world. And again, the, 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 um, I would say the, uh, the animating force of the salt and light life is nothing other than self-giving love. So we give ourselves over to God in praise. We pray. We have to pray in order to establish that salt covenant. In order to be purified and cleansed, we have to turn our hearts and our lives over to him. And when we do that, he's going to, he is going to send us to those dark places that we need to be. Well, for one, he's going to enter the dark places of our hearts. And he's, and he's going to enkindle us there as well, right? We're not left behind in the whole thing. But he's going to send us out as that renewed people, the people experiencing the renewal of, of our covenanted lives. And he's going to send us out to where we need to let his light shine. But his light is going to shine by our giving ourselves away in his service, in the cause of love and animated by self-giving love as well. We can't fool, fool ourselves as to, as to what the task is.
right? The, the task is to radiate, like, by, by, uh, um, inspired by his own life of love. It's to, it's to radiate that same love uh, to everyone that he entrusts to our care. And it's the, most seri- it's the most serious thing in the world. And yet it brings us, we who, who get to embody his love for his fallen and wounded world, it gives, it gives us joy and peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, the rest. It, we find that our lives begin to flourish the more we grow to embody his love uh, for, for his beloved world. That was, that was why Israel existed. And that is why we exist as a people, it's to it's to light up God's fallen world with in, with and in the power of His own life of love.